I'm Jess McCauley, and I'm a theater maker, and I am also an introvert. I'm Phil Rickaby, and I am a writer and performer, and I am also an introvert, and this is The Introvert's Guide to. On The Introvert's Guide to, we talk about the introvert life and how to live it to the fullest. We'll choose a topic and discuss it as well as try to find other helpful hints on social media and on the internet at large. If you want to drop us a line, we would love to hear from you. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at introvertguide2, the number two, and you can find the website at introvertsguide2.com. If you want to send us a message, you can do that through the website, or you can email us at introvertsguidetostuff at gmail.com. And remember, we may use your questions or comments on an upcoming episode of The Introvert's Guide too. And if you like the podcast and you listen on Apple Podcasts, please consider leaving a comment and a five-star rating. Your comments and ratings help new people find the show, but even better, whether you listen on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts, if you know someone that might like The Introvert's Guide too, tell them about it. Some of our favorite podcasts became our favorites because someone we know told us about them. Oh, this is a groundbreaking episode. I know, crazy. This is new territory. Oh my goodness. Uh, Carlin, would you like to introduce yourself? (laughs) (laughs) She was like, oh my God, who's this guest? Who's joining us? (laughs) Hi, I'm Carlin Ramey. I'm a a theater creator and an amnivert. Oh, my goodness. That's a new word. We haven't really discussed that much. Oh, we've discussed it quite frequently. I believe the, (laughs) we keep saying things like, who are these people? But on doing some very quick reading on the internet. I found out that the majority of people are ambiverts. Oh, really? Yeah, really? Where? Wow. Apparently, apparently more people are. Well, I mean, if you look at the Myers-Briggs scale, for example, um, it it, when you do the test, it gives you a percentage. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And very few people are deep into the spectrum on either side. Most people are about even, apparently. Yeah, I can see that. And I, because a lot of the times too, it's like, I think what you, what you get from, from social situations and how you like process them too is always different. So like there, you can be introverted in some ways and extroverted in in a lot of different ways. So Mm -hmm. now Carlin, I, and I don't, I think, I think Jess is in the same boat. I would not have pegged you for an ambivert. Yeah. You seem to think I'm a master of flyering. Oh my God. You have no idea. I watched in awe during your first fringe festival tour ever. And I saw you like talking to people at bars and places and you seemed so at ease. I was like, well, if that's not an extrovert, I don't know what is. Yeah. That that was stop number five on the tour in like two months. So like I, (laughs) I didn't start flyering until the city before that. Like I just didn't, I was just too frightened to do it for like the first three cities pretty much. Yeah. Was it like a shock the first time that you really were trying? Was was it an adjustment? I mean, like flyering for one is like an art in itself. (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. Like you both have done like solo shows. So you kind of get how it's really awkward to like, 
talk about yourself, it's almost easier to like fly or someone else's show rather than like yeah. go up to someone and pitch you. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's, I think there's a lot more anxiety around that. And, and just like, even now I, I, I kind of visualize in my head, like me turning on and that's mm-hmm. how I like get myself psyched into flyering. And if I don't have whatever it is, the, the energy or the spoons to do that that day, like, I, it, it took a while, but you have to like learn to really forgive yourself and, you know, you don't have to hustle every single day. Like if I start hard, like I'm good. Cause I've already like, I'm on all day. Um, <laughs> hmm. Cheeks hurt from smiling. Hello. Uh, but like, if that's not like a choice that I have at the beginning, then, uh, you know, I, I can't do it. Like I, I, hmm. I hate it. Hmm. At what point did you, realize that you were more an ambivert did you grow up believing that you were one or the other or or where did you land on on ambivertism I think like when I started learning about all this it was high school and by that point I thought I was an extrovert even though like I was definitely like growing up as a kid it, it at school I think a lot more introverted but that's just because of bullying and spec ed and a whole host of other things um, but as a teen, I definitely more, I think, related to an extrovert. Um, it was a friend of mine that was really interested in this stuff and like personality tests that joked once that I was a introvert that thought she was an extrovert. Um, <laughs> just because I was actually very, a very private person. And like in it, when, you know, if I heard that people were like talking about me or something private about my life, like it would like mentally destroy me. Mm. Um even if, you know, and, and, uh, even just the way that like, I was open about things, but if it's anything like that, I care about, I was always much better, like one-on-one with friends. And, mm-hmm. um, and I think a lot of people, like they look for, d- depending on what they're getting and how they're like processing information, they extrovert and introvert is different, which is why I kind of like how Myers-Briggs, that personality test is set up. Mm-hmm. Now, similar to you, I went through a period of time telling myself that I was an extrovert. Mm-hmm. Um, I was completely wrong. <laughs> uh, because anytime that I was attempting to be extroverted, I was pretty miserable. Yeah. Um, and I was never able to feel like I was able to turn it on. Um, much like much like like you describe uh, yeah. uh, being able to do. I, I always find it a little strange for introverts, ambiverts, that a lot of us do get pegged as the extrovert at such an early age. But it's what child doesn't want to be what what child doesn't want to be too social, right? But it's <laughs> it's not it, it you know not to say that every child is social, but for me, I I I certainly just wanted to make friends when I was a child. That it, it was almost came to a shocker to my parents when I told them, "Hey, listen, I, I'm not really an extrovert. I'm I'm definitely more of an introvert." And it became more of that, "No, yeah, what? <laughs> no way!" Like, yeah, no, it's true. It, it, it's just it's interesting when you start to come into your own and really be more grounded in who you are. Right? It, it's such a great feeling. Yeah. And there's definitely something to be said about like getting into like your late twenties and your thirties and your forties, where I think you start to realize like you don't have to be on all the time and you don't, mm. like you don't have to go out if you don't want to. Um, 
And I think that takes a lot of acceptance, like within ourselves that, um, you know, that, that we don't have to do the things that other people expect us to do. We can choose what makes us happy. And I think in doing yeah. that, we sometimes realize there's so much value in, you know, spending time and learning about yourself. Yeah. I know for like, I, it's only within the last really three or four years that I've been comfortable telling people for a social event that I, I'm not going cause I don't have the spoons for it. I don't have yeah. the capacity for it. I used to make up some excuse or just said, I don't feel so well. I didn't, I didn't go to Jess McCauley levels of, <laughs> of, of excuses, but I, know, I did, I, I did. Listen, we all, We've we've experienced it. We've heard it, but yeah, I would I now. I'm not. I haven't graduated to truthful honesty yet. Oh, <laughs> I see. You. Can can you? Okay, now now I have to ask. What's the what is the most outrageous reason you've given for not going to a social event? Oh, I'm so ready. I've used. Okay, it's not. A, this is this is tricky because I use a lot of excuses a lot. So finding one. Oh, she, oh, I'm I'm sorry. I don't I don't want to give away too many of your 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 personal secrets, but if you're a friend oh, of Carlin's, pay attention to what comes next. I yeah, really. No, just be having ADHD. Like if you're late or you forget a lot, you have to like come up with a lot of friggin' creative excuses. Um, and like this is no different. I I use the family thing a lot. Like I'll just mm. say. Um, I'm very close to my family. So usually I just want to spend time with them. <laughs> I'm not my friends. <laughs> uh, boss. But uh, I, I, I'll just lie and say we have a family dinner or that like they need help or something like that. Mm. Um, yeah, I think that's the craziest. I've shifted date. Like I've shifted things around. Like I've, if I had that, that's probably like the worst one. Like I've definitely, if I had like a family member in the hospital or something, I'd be like, Oh, they they, you know, they, they need me. And then I'm I'm slumping into my chair right now. Like, Oh, that's the worst one she's got. (laughs) That is, that is, that is nothing. Those are pretty reasonable excuses, quite oh, frankly. They're, oh, they're I so you talk about these because I want to. I want to hear your excuses. Oh, oh my no. goodness! Oh my goodness! <laughs> oh no! I mean, Jess, this is probably a good time. I mean, we might as well. I mean, you know what? There's All certainly right. probably new new listeners who haven't gone back and listened to your to the episodes where we've talked about that. So give us, give us, and for Carlin, give give us an example of a Jess McCauley excuse. First of all, I would just like to start this conversation by saying, I think this is a bit of payback, Phil, from some (laughs) social we went through. And I I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Okay. So context, we had a wonderful conversation on an episode, uh, which we talk about canceling plans. And the worst one I gave, I was on my way to a party, not really. And they asked where I was, where I was, if I was coming. And I said, yeah, you know, craziest thing just happened. I was at the gas station and I'm inside paying and someone tried getting into my car and stealing it. And (laughs) oh yeah, I went through the worst. And like, they kept asking details and I just kept giving more details, like not knowing when to stop. And oh, I just, I just, I'm just so creative in that aspect. Legendary. (laughs) legendary all right legendary is a good word to use i'll take it um carlin when you were trying to come into your to determine like how to deal with the world and realizing that you didn't fit into one explanation or the other 
Um, did you struggle with which you were? Did you feel like you had to choose one or the other? Uh, yeah, a lot. Cause I mean, you know, when I was in, when I felt like I really related to being an extrovert, you know, I had my, my the closest people who knew me were like, mm, but you, but you're really not an open book. And like they, they, uh, would say I was more of an introvert. And then I like, I don't think any introverts have ever believed me to be anything other than extrovert. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So, I mean, it's always hard to kind of like find your, it is hard when you're in the middle to like find your place. And it, and also I think you fluctuate more depending on, um, you know, where, where you're at as well. And like mental health plays a big role in that too. You know, and it's, it's interesting when, when we choose to be private, a lot of people can misconstrue that as you're therefore must be an introvert. You must be shy. You you must be just a very quiet person. And that's, you know, and, and that's not always the case. And, mm-hmm. and I think that can be sometimes an unfair thing to say to somebody just to justify their personality type based on that. When you heard the word ambivert, did it immediately click with you that that just made more sense to you? Or was it something that slowly over time you started to feel was right for you? Uh, I think it was more of like a click. Like as soon as I heard it, I was like, oh, that must be, you know, the the middle one. Okay, that makes a lot more sense. Because mm-hmm. I feel like I felt like I jumped back and forth a lot. Um, and then on the on that Myers-Briggs test, just because we were talking about it before, like I was laughing with you guys earlier because I had taken it during COVID and I've always gotten ENFP and I got uh, INFP and Ooh. I've taken that test every year for like four or five years and never gotten anything different. Oh, <laughs> COVID made me an introvert. And then I actually like the percentage, which is what Phil was talking about before. And I've actually always been right in the middle, like uh, 10% off from one or the other hmm. uh, all the times I've taken it. So uh-huh. So I guess I have, I've definitely, that was kind of good. Cause I was like, okay, yeah, I always thought I was an ambivert. That makes sense. Mm. Um, it's all about how you like process experiences really. When you, when you took that test that last time and it said, and it said introvert, how, how much did you have to examine that? How, how did that feel? Uh, funny enough, I, I, w- because I had never gotten a different answer, uh, <laughs> I like really identify with ENFP. I have my own book on it. Um, I didn't write it. I just have a book on it. Uh, <laughs> and uh, so I, I took the test immediately again. <laughs> <laughs> so oh my gosh! And, um, and and did it? How did did it change, or did it come back I, as ENFP again? I got e I got ENFP again, but again it oh, was okay. like it was its percentages. You know, between three it was like 3% or something shift. Um, mm. Cause it, you know, it could be 51, 49 and it, it'll still pick one that you fall under. Um, but I do really identify with the ENFP aspect because it always explains it as, you know, you, you get energy from people, which is an extroverted thing. Um, but you don't process your like experiences or anything that has happened to you while you're around people until you're by yourself. So you actually mm. need, you end up needing kind of equal time. 
which is funny because that's a very ambivert thing I feel like too that it is that it is because you see Phil and I during this whole quarantine have been pretty okay with not being around people (laughs) actually I've been for the most part it's been really awesome but uh... (laughs) I know I found it easy too like I love being I'm I'm around my family so I have not been alone alone I don't think I could go alone alone um (laughs) for more than a week uh but I would have a very comfortable week <laughs> but just being with my family and like I've been totally fine <laughs> friends however but I haven't I have noticed that I haven't been as like motivated or productive or inspired or creative and and I think I get a lot of that from talking and, and being around people so that was something interesting to like reflect on that is very true though uh, I've always found that that um create creative creatively why did i have so much trouble with that word uh, creatively i'm more creative when i'm around people who mm-hmm. are creative and who are talking about creativity they challenge me and they inspire me and without that i'm just kind of like huh video games are good <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah i find it's really it like really lights a fire under you um and i'm sure there are people who are the opposite who like need to isolate themselves mm-hmm. and cottage and that's how they create their their work and then they go back out but yeah it's different for everybody now you mentioned the 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 whole quarantine the covid these covid times the quarantine times that we're living in um and you've been spending that with your family how i mean you're you're doing pretty well you're you're feeling pretty good you're not not losing your patience with with family and things are pretty good for you um yeah things were things have been all right we've gotten a little break in the last couple of weeks Um, but, uh, uh, yeah, for the most part, it's been, it, it's been really good. We get along very well. We're close. Um, it was getting to the, you know, after the first two months, cause I live, they live in Kingston. So they're about four hours away from me in Hamilton. Um, so at first it was like, oh, this is great. We're just going to make it like a, you know, it's a two month sleepover party. And then of course by month three, I'm like, okay, I'm going to just spend the whole day and night in my room. (laughs) (laughs) So there's definitely a lot of that in the last few months, but, um, but overall it's been, it's, it's been all right. (laughs) And are you, are you in Kingston now? No, actually, uh, I'm up, I'm up North, uh, uh, at Mm. the cottage, which is that what nice because it helps us spread out a a little bit more. Um, social family too like this is the first actually time that i've uh seen other people <laughs> like <laughs> to other than my family in person uh i even got to finally like re-enter into the bubble with my partner um we hadn't seen each other in like four months wow Oof. yeah yeah that's a so, that's a tough one yeah <laughs> i mean you think it would be i was pretty fine <laughs> <laughs> sounds bad on the relationship but i was like yeah it feels like it's been maybe a month i guess but it doesn't feel like it's been that long but i think everyone kind of like gets sucked into that covid void where you're like did time pass like what? yeah i was i was about to say what is time yeah <laughs> i'm sure for like full extroverts they're actually dying inside every day but i think if you're comfortable being on your own you're like oh, it's just it's all feels like it's been a couple weeks I'm slowly moving my husband over to the introverted side. He he will join us one day. Uh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Does he know day. this plan? Does he know that you're planning to do this to him? Uh, I talk in my sleep, so he may know. He he may have an idea. Does does he <laughs> identify as extrovert? He does. Yeah, he does. 
Interesting. I would not guess yeah. that. You know, he's just, he's probably the quietest extrovert you will meet, but <laughs> he is there to be my shield at parties, uh, as as uh, Phil has come to know. And when it's time to leave, I give him a nudge and he just exits us right out of there. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. There we go. But it's interesting. That sort of like goes along those lines of like the difference between being an introvert and being shy. Yeah. You yeah. Because they're yeah. not the same thing, but a lot of people confuse them. And that's just it. Yeah. I think Steve definitely, yeah, definitely has more t- shy tendencies, but he absolutely at the end of the day can sit up and talk to people all night long. <laughs> and I cannot. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. For me, it depends on who it is too. And like what social groups, because some, if, if I feel like I'm around people who are, you know, good, genuine compassionate people like I'm much more open to being myself and and then I end up being more extroverted but like if I don't know the group or I have any sort of like I like I'm unsure for whatever reason the energy is just different um I I if I I have to like plan out in my head like speak like say something be a part of the conversation like participate or like just leave <laughs> it's so oh, painful. yeah no, true it's interesting because you mentioned the that comfort level and I was thinking about that when you were talking about when we were talking about being being kids and, you know, a lot of times kids, because they spend a lot of time at home, they can be seem more extroverted because they're in a comfortable space. And I know yeah. when I'm around people that I'm super comfortable with, they're the ones who find out that I'm an introvert and they're like, no. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. they definitely comfortability is, I, I think, huge, like. I I found like even touring like I had the hardest time making friends my first three years twenty six mm. I just I feel like I just finally you know got you know got used to everyone and felt comfortable being myself in the last year. Mm. Can I ask you about what touring was was like for you? Like you mentioned, like like where you did that first tour in your last your last city after five was was like Hamilton. You've done a bunch, but. Did were you meeting people, making friends, or was did you feel like you were not comfortable enough to do that? How, how, how was what is what did touring look like for you? Um, I mean the the first few years very lonely. Um, like I made a few, a lot of the friends I made were people who would only do like they were only in a city here and a city there. Hmm. Um, I didn't really start making friends with a lot of the people going from place to place until this year um I think I tend to gravitate to like one person whether that's a partner or like one friend and I just like stick to that person (laughs) and uh and it's like and it's hard because it can be clicky and and you're also working I I also had a mentality like the first couple years that like fringe isn't about fun it's about like work like you Mm. you need to push a show you need to hustle and I'm very and I'm not so super social in my work life. Like I, I been, I've had lots of friends that have worked with me in various different uh, jobs and they, they always make fun of me because I'm like just this, I seem so cold. Um, but it's just always a different mentality for me. And mm. I think switching that was hard. Mm-hmm. That's definitely a, a transition. Like I, I, I haven't done really fringe in a very long time. It's been two very long years. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do remember the first time going to a different city and 
it's it's not that it felt clicky, but it's just where do I begin to even integrate and feel as though I can be comfortable and talk because, you know, not that the show I did was bad, but it was just certainly a where do I feel I fit in here? And the more questions that just kept popping into my head, the more I kept saying, you know, Steve came with me. It was like, I just want to go back to our billet right now where <laughs> where we later uh, put the fire alarm off. So that was fun. Um, oh, yeah, it was the worst. What's funny, Carlin, is is billeting is is as I, I don't like it. And and that's what ends up keeping me out and about being social is because I don't yeah. want to go back to the billet. Oh, yeah, there's been some rough billets. <laughs> um, oh, no. That's always such a challenge. Like, it, it is. That is hard. Um, I feel, yeah, and then there's always at least one or two days in each city that I'm just like, nope, no more people. I'm doing my show, and I'm going home, and I'm watching a movie by myself. <laughs> like and that's a, But other than those, like, yeah, you're really, you just try and stay out of, other people's way. So yeah, I think all artists are like try to avoid unless they're actually close to their billets, which sometimes you are and it's and it's nice, but yeah. Sure. I've encountered people who are like, I go to this billet every year and um and you know that's that's great. Yeah. I've definitely had somewhere I'm just like I just after being out and flyering and like trying to be social, coming back and being faced with like so tell me about your day. How do you find the city? Like any kind of question. Yeah. I'm like, I just don't have this in me right now. Oh, yes. I so agree. I, yeah. I mean, there's some billets that like I had a special bond with and I love, and I don't mind chatting with them because I just adore them. But like the majority of the time, I'm just like, just don't, just don't talk to me. Yeah. <laughs> I little known fact, I billeted Miss Carlin Ramey. Yes, oh. I did. I did. And you were super lovely, but I could so tell you were tired. And I was like, oh, oh no. I like, you know, I just obviously I just want to say hi. How's it going? You know, like make sure you're comfy. But oh, yeah, no, no, no. When it's time to go to sleep, time to go be on your own. Absolutely. Oh, I totally get that. Uh, yeah, at your place, like I had the whole basement too, so it was easy to just be like, all right, see ya. <laughs> <laughs> you were also Except- doing so too, so it was like I felt like it was a good balance of like both. it was. It was nice. There was there was this one night I remember like we were all like my roommates and I were watching The Office and you came in and you were like, oh, this show has such a special place in my heart. Flops down the couch to eat noodles and then slowly drifted out of the room. <laughs> Gone for the night. Yeah, I it, I mean, Fringe is such a, a social beast. It's It's so draining, like that's why I feel, you know, and then you've got such bad FOMO too. So I feel like people overextend themselves a lot. Oh, yeah. 100%. I mean, work wise yeah. and socially and, and you, and, and then you're on the high too of like doing shows. So when you come down, like at the end of the night, man, it, mm. it, it hits you. Like you really, I think yeah. you, yeah. Especially like, I feel like I don't even like process the day until I'm by myself. So I, take you know the whole day the next day to just be and before I psych myself up to go flyer for five o'clock the next time 
The French circuit can be a bit of a challenge, though, because if you start in like Montreal and Montreal is about overextending yourself and not missing out like that party is like people just go. And in some cases that can set the tone for your whole tour. Yeah. Yeah, that was my trailer. Carlin, what does your self-care look like? Uh, definitely the, uh, that alone time. I've especially like in, especially in most recent years realized the value of that. And again, like I said before, if, you know, you, you get to a certain point in your life, I think where you're, you realize you have to kind of choose yourself and you don't have to do things you don't want to do. Um, and, uh, that's been really important for me in the last couple of years. And, uh, and whatever that it, you know, whether it's I need time to, I need a day to read, or I need a night where I just choose, you know, I have certain like if I I have a certain list of of like movies saved on Netflix that's just for me. Like I don't want to watch them with other people; those are mine for like my one on one time with myself, um, or journaling or anything like that. Like I I it's definitely um, that solitary time for myself and it's not just like an hour like I need a day or like an evening I I plan it out like my uh I've maybe written this on one of your posts or something but like if I'm planning like a night with myself like I have what I'm gonna watch I get my wine I've got my snacks all set up <laughs> oh, yeah, I hear that. yeah and I that I I need that I've I've realized oh and another follow-up question to that how good did it feel to tell someone what you needed when they needed something from you to be able to say, no, thank you. Not tonight. Um, I feel like I'm still working to like, I'm still working towards that, that honesty aspect. Yeah. Hey, fair enough. Yeah. It's not easy. It's not easy to, to say what you need. Um, I think I got, I, but I have done it, especially in the fringe circuit because everyone gets to that point where they need a night in. And being able to say that to people. And I think them being able to accept that was was what was monumental for me. Being like, oh, okay, people are going to understand if you say that you just, mm. you need this time. Um, and, you know, they, they can say, yeah, okay, that's totally fine. Like, rest up. But not, like, guilt you into coming out. I think that's when you know, like, you found a good, uh, a good group or a good energy around you. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Years ago, I interviewed um, TJ Daw, um, who is um, a a fringe legend. Mm-hmm. People often use the term fringe god when they mentioned his name. And he would say he spent years doing the circuit and feeling like he was like pushing himself and doing it and miserable. And then he would take two months in a cabin in, in the yeah. woods at the end. And he thought that was normal. And then he realized that he, this is not what he needed, that he needed not to be going out and being social all the time. And that if he was going to have a successful fringe, he needed to find a balance between what they needed and what he needed. Yeah, that's a that's a huge thing. Definitely. And and like being able I'm what I'm practicing now is like setting boundaries. Mm. Um, that is so hard to figure out like what your boundaries are and then stick to them. And like and I think that that's a, a whole new challenge and self-discovery have you found it hard which has been harder setting the boundary or sticking to it um i think sticking to it um 
I still feel like I often overextend myself a lot, especially when it comes to other people, like trying to be an emotional support for a lot of people. Um, what was really hard during like COVID, uh, I had to start, you know, again, I wasn't honest. I made excuses, but if people, if I had already plans to like video chat people and someone had called me and needed support, um, I would just have to cancel because I could only do like one or two conversations with people a day. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just really low. Uh, you know, so t- just the social aspect took so much out of me. And I think a few, like, I think I've heard that from a, a few people mm-hmm. during COVID times too. Um, and yeah. So, but like, there's always those times where you just suffer through it and then you're just having like, like looking at the clock while I'm video chatting with someone who I do like love and want to talk to, but I'm just like, I need to, you know, okay, 45 minutes. That's probably good for like a phone call, right? 45 minutes is good. And it's like an hour and a half later. And you're like, okay, this is definitely good. I'm making up an excuse. And I'm going. But video takes a different kind of attention and a different yeah. kind of energy. And I find it more exhausting than in person. Oh, yeah. It's so exhausting. And I'm always so self-conscious. I hate videos. <laughs> oh. Well, they, I mean, it's so easy to be self-conscious. You're like sitting there and you're looking. You're supposed to be looking at the person you're talking to. But they go and put your own picture up there. I know. And we're all vain creatures. And you can't not look at yourself. Oh, it's terrible. It is it's a terrible system. <laughs> I always find myself thinking, like, is this what I look like when I listen? I was doing that during your speed dating event, Phil. <laughs> I was just sitting there and I'm like, oh man, what is this? What is happening with this hair? Like, what's going on? Well, it was more than that, but it was definitely the starter of everything going on. We were doing a, a, a indie theater speed date, people like, like networking thing, which seems far less um, uh, intimidating over video. Um, but again, you have that whole, like looking at yourself thing, which just never gets easy. I wanted to do that, but I had something that night. Um, so let me know if you do that again. I really, I do really like that idea of like getting a bunch of artists together to me. I'll, I'll suffer through the video portion for that. <laughs> <laughs> the right time to do stuff because there are so many things that are going on as people are like trying to keep their hand in on the theater world yeah. and keep things going. It's there's no perfect time to do it. Not that there ever would be, but I think it's a little harder right now because of the, you know, ever there's so many video groups and chats and this sort of thing going on all the time. Mm-hmm. And that's exhausting too. There's so much content out there right now. And yeah, even that it's, that takes a toll as well. And like, you want to, you want to support all your friends, but sometimes I'm just putting the show on stream and I'm not laughing. Yeah. Well, I mean, come on. I mean, I don't know about you, but my day job, I spend a large amount of time in video chats. Mm -hmm. And then when I go to watch streamed theater, it often looks exactly the same. Yeah. It's hard for my brain to go, this is entertainment, that's work. Yeah, yeah, it is hard to make that switch for sure. I'm doing like the Fringe live stream thing and like all the shows, they're great to watch and I'm glad it forces me to actually sit down and see a show every week. But mm. it always takes me a little while to get into it because I yeah. just have to remember like, okay, no, just relax and watch the show now. You can enjoy it. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it's up there. There's nothing you can do about it. <laughs> yeah.
So we have this thing. We have a little segment in the show called To the Internet. So we just go to the internet to see if we can find any good advice. Uh, maybe in my case, I find problematic advice at times. Uh, just, just to hear yeah. Phil squirm a little bit. It's great. It's one of her joys. It is. It is. <laughs> um, one This time, though, because you are our guest, I decided I wanted to do more of a 10 surefire signs that you're an ambivert and I want to hear a true or false. Now, bearing in mind that not everything has to be true, not everything has to be false. Obviously, this is going to be completely catered to you and your ambiversion, ism, is, is, version? Isn't it? Isn't it? <laughs> we'll have a one. All right, we're gonna go with it. It's science. We'll I think I think ambiversion in much the same way that we have extroversion and introversion. Perfect. Excellent. Here are 10 surefire signs that you're an ambivert, and this is from wellandgood.com. Of course, we will always link Ooh. that. So, number one, they had a nice little article to go with it, but oh, we're just gonna stick with the signs here. Number one, true or false? You are equally comfortable in new and familiar social situations, but you do have limits regarding the amount of time and frequency of events. Uh, true. Check. <laughs> Number two, you feel interested in discussions and small talk, but you find too much banter and dialogue to be off-putting. Uh, that's a weird one. False. Ooh indulge us well i don't i don't like small talk i i really enjoyed uh your pod your podcast episode on small talk and <laughs> phil you were like if i hear one person who says so <laughs> i was like oh my god like that's the artist so too as well they're like so you're an actor Ah, uh, fuck. Oh, that's right. We um, have, but, an, uh, have an explicit rating. You're okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I do. But I'm a fan of banter. If I'm if I'm at my like, if I'm at my most comfortable with somebody, um, I I love like a good banter back and forth. Um, I just I don't I don't really have that with strangers um ever uh and and yeah and all small talk is just uh, painful oh yeah absolutely it's cringy absolutely cringy yeah Mm -mm. number three you're not afraid of solitary time yet you do enjoy frequent contact with others true okay nice very good but that gets different right now you're you're like are you like how are you feeling about your contact with others outside of family like does that is that excite you? Is that something you're interested in doing or, or how do you feel about it? Um, you know, I could, it's one of those, like I could, I, at, the, at this point I sound bad saying it. Like I haven't seen my friends in so long, but like, you know, it, I'm okay with it. Um, like I said before, like I didn't see my partner for four months and I was like, it, it didn't feel like that long. Um, I too have like a weird thing and, a lot of people say it's an ADHD thing, but like object uh, permanence. Um, so it's like, if something's not in front of you, you really don't think about it. Um, mm. And that's definitely something I relate to a lot. Um, and social kind of social situations are, are similar. I don't, if, if there's, if we're all, if I'm planning like 
something to do with someone, an activity. I like activities, <laughs> um, but like I don't need to constantly see people. I I enjoy it in that like I I get a lot from it, and I and I love my friends, and I want to see that they're doing well. But I mean, it's definitely like even now, it's not something that I'm like going out of my way to do. Mm-hmm. You don't have to feel bad about admitting yeah. that. I mean, we had yeah. a whole episode where I admitted that in order to keep in contact with with my friends, I had to put reminders in my calendar. Yeah. Oh, my God. So- I, the same thing. I have like lists of people. I'm like, OK, I'm going to try and touch base with like these five people this month and I maybe touch base. <laughs> um, and it's and it's a very and it's funny. I feel like I'm in an extroverted way. I have a lot of close friends, like people that I've just clicked with and I've opened up to a lot. Um, but I, I probably only talk to them a couple times a year. Um, and I, and we're cool with that. <laughs> oh, yeah. I only just made my first Excel spreadsheet the other day. Thank you, everyone. I am now caught up with my friends. Hey. <laughs> hey. Yeah. Is, was it a friend's Excel sheet? No, it's actually labeled, you have to talk to these people at some point. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Oh, it's terrible. I'm looking at the file right now. It hasn't been open since I made it. <laughs> You're not doing a good job at this. I'm really not. Oh, that's what I love about this podcast. All my friends are just like, wow, Jess, really good. Really this good. Is, this is where your friends learn about the real you. They really do. Well, especially like in the one of the um, our initial episodes, I admitted that I only read messages just to get rid of the notification and yeah. never actually replied. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I'm yeah. such a bad replier. They all my closest friends know they have to reach out to me on like multiple platforms to actually. <laughs> have you guys found that like in COVID, you know, people are starting to like act more introverted in that like so or just that they haven't seen people in so long so it's like more tiring for them have you found that like the world has become slightly more accessible to you and that way Uh, understanding yeah I, I find it's interesting more of my extroverted friends have mentioned to me a couple of times, like, I know how you feel now on a Friday night when you just want to order some Thai food, play some video games. And I'm like, that's great. I hope you remember this though, when uh-huh. this is over yeah, <laughs> and, and we're back to our quote unquote normal. Um, I, I mean, I'm hoping that they'll remember this. It's not just a blip in our lives, right? This is something that's going to stick with us for a really long time. And uh, I do hope that the majority of extroverts in our lives do understand that introverts do need a separate sort of accessibility when it comes to our relationships and how we choose to interact with the world around us. But I find that my productivity with working from home has been a lot better than being in the office or um, my relationships with people have been more understanding. So it's, it's been interesting, I'd Mm. say. Yeah. Yeah. I find that, that people are like, generally it's interesting watching people suddenly being very wary of people in that way that we all are right now. And I think there's a lot of people who are feeling like the bubble that I have, that's, that's good enough for me. That said, there are a lot of people who are not like that. Yeah, that's true. A lot of people who are like, I need more, I need more. And, and, you know, so there's like, there's a spectrum. And I wonder about those extroverts who are um, starting to be okay with it. I wonder how, if maybe they're closer to being an ambivert than they ever thought. Mm. Mm-hmm. And, or just like learning, you know, 
um, about themselves a little bit more and like what they need. Like, I think if, if people are always surrounding themselves with other people, you learn a lot when you're suddenly forced to just spend time with yourself. Um, and do you like this person and what, you know, I think there's something really special about learning to like enjoy spending time with yourself. Um, hopefully people are, are getting more positive experiences than that. Number four, you're comfortable being on the sidelines at social events, but you are also comfortable being in the spotlight for brief periods of time. Yes. Okay. But Jess, I, you know, I find that problematic as a, as a question. You and I are both performers and Carlin's a performer. Yeah, this is a little biased. And to me, this feels like one of those questions that's like, oh, but introverts yeah. are shy. <laughs> yeah. I know. Things that like people think that if you're in theater, that you can't be an introvert. <laughs> right? I mean, there are there are introverts who are shy, but in doing my theater podcast stage worthy, I have spoken to so many people who are introverts and more more people that I've spoken to who are performers who are introverts than extroverts. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Number five, if you're pushed into being too social, you may feel depleted or exhausted. Yes. All right. Number six, an ambivert won't generally be anxious in social situations unless feeling pressured by boundary invasions. Um, can you read that one again? Yeah. Number six, an ambivert won't generally be anxious in social settings unless feeling pressured by boundary invasions. Uh, I mean, yeah, that's true. I mean, definitely it with boundary invasions definitely anxious but I think I actually know I get very anxious and it depends on if it's like if it's with people I know really well I'm super comfortable I'm, I'm fine but if it's with people I don't know very well um I don't know if that anxiety ever goes away um mm-hmm. it's hard yeah. to like sometimes it feels like I'm talking and people are talking in a different language. <laughs> do we know <laughs> when people are close? They do. They develop their own rapport and, and sometimes I watch it and I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm not processing anything. And maybe that's partly ADHD too, but I'm just like in my own head watching exchanges and again, like trying to plan out where to participate. Oh, so yeah. oh you know, that's- I'm not labeled as the shy girl on the side. And yeah. You know, I don't think it's just an ADHD thing. I'll be honest that like for my, the way that my anxiety will spark in any given social situation is sometimes it doesn't register what's happening in the conversation. It's simply Mm -hmm. just trying to keep up with what is being said and wondering, is this a good place to interject? Can I say that? No, I don't think that's going to be a good point. And then it's this giant conversation happening in your head and it's a little metaphysical at times, really. (laughs) Yeah, but it's it's just, I think with any sort of social boundary being pushed, there's always going to be that little discussion happening in your head with how we should approach this. And I don't think we have a comfortable conversation around these things. I think we tend to get a little defensive yeah. when someone brings it up going, you know, I don't really feel comfortable talking about that. Or another way of saying, of wording just politely laying a boundary. I think people take that to heart. And I think that's what makes it difficult to be able to say what we need, right? Mm -hmm. For sure. Definitely. Number seven, you appear as a chameleon to outsiders, given the tendency to fluctuate between very social at times and rather quiet on other occasions. Yes. Number eight, 
You do not need constant fixes of contact with others to feel alive, quote unquote, and fueled. Ooh, no. Oh, here's the beauty of the ambiversion coming out. Yeah. One of my questions on that is like pre-COVID times. (laughs) Yeah. Did you find yourself being like, I really need to see my friends right now? I feel for me, it's like, I mean, even even COVID times though, like what I said before, like I don't feel I, I don't feel like I need to see people to be alive, but I definitely need to see people to be fueled. Um, mm. So mm. like for that one, um, no, I definitely like I need to be in certain like especially artistic situations um, to continue to uh, have like that productivity in my life and like that inspiration whether it's like going to see a show or just having a chat with artists at a cafe um Hmm. I definitely like I need that I I don't um like I could be happy but like just sitting by myself like and and not having like visits with with people but I wouldn't be creating like I wouldn't be able I wouldn't be doing the things that I need to do um for me and my job and my mental health that's how I get like jazzed up about things, which is kind of that thing of like, if mm. what's hard about starting flyering, like if I've been alone at my billets all day, I'm like, no, mm. I'm in a different headspace. This is so hard. And I kind of have to, Ooh. it takes me about like an hour to warm up. I will never arrive on site in flyer line. Never. <laughs> mm. Do you find that you have to show up like in the fringe area and sort of walk around and like maybe at the fringe yeah. tent or the, or whatever to sort of feel that energy Mm -hmm, definitely I need to just I need to really I start talking to someone usually I need to like just have a conversation with another artist even if it's just even if it is just like a Windsor show type of thing um just to I need to talk to someone because that first for some reason that for speaking to someone for the first time like later in the day is is it's a thing Right? Does that make sense? Like, like having that, having your first conversation, speaking out loud to someone that isn't yourself uh, for the first time in a day is like difficult. Uh, number nine, you can be sedentary and quiet yet feel best when also given frequent opportunities to engage in novel experiences. Yeah. Yes to that one though. Yeah. Okay. And last but not least, you feel pulled between the poles of extroversion and introversion. Yes. <laughs> Congratulations, Carlin. You're an ambivert. Uh, one thing, I mean, on the internet, there's a lot of talk about the the two poles, about about extroversion and introversion. There are, uh, for example, on Reddit, there's uh, a uh, an introvert subreddit and there's an extrovert subreddit. And it seems that people, and especially on the internet, they're like, oh, I'm such an introvert. And so it goes that direction. I don't think that there's been an, a cultural normalization lately of being an ambivert. It's like be one or the other. Do you feel, I mean, since ambiverts are, they vastly outnumber the extrovert and the introvert. Um, do you feel like this is something that we should be talking about more generally? Um, I, yeah, I think people, I, I wish more people knew that the majority of people were ambiverts because then they wouldn't feel like they have to like choose a side. Um, mm. cause that's how I felt for the longest time. I feel like people don't realize that you can be in the middle, um, and you can feel different things for <laughs> different experiences. And like one ambivert might 
look different than another one uh, based off of, you know, their needs. And uh, yeah. Yeah. And I think if just if more people knew that you could be in the middle, it would be, I think it would help them. And I think it would also help people who are on the extreme sides of introvert and extrovert. Cause like actual, mm-hmm. I find actual extroverts, like, like 100% extroverts, like super rare. Like those people that are just like, like harder on their sleeve, you know, they'll reveal yeah. everything to you about themselves in the first 10 seconds that you meet them. And they're just on all the time. Um, I, I definitely think I have more introverted friends than extroverted <laughs> friends because like, yeah. I, I always feel like those people are on another plane. <laughs> well, it's interesting because I, I, and you know, doing this podcast, we've, I, I think we've felt like the introvert is outnumbered by the extrovert that we live in an extrovert's world yeah, uh, because of our, we have like this polarized view of everything. We're all extremes, but to find out that the, that ambiverts outnumber both is an interesting thought. Yeah, I definitely agree with you that we live in an extroverted world. I think that has everything to do with like this, basically being in a capitalist society um, mm-hmm. where like it's all about how you present yourself and um, and you know the expectations that society has of you to be, you know, uh, to to be a, a a a functioning member of society. Like you know the the way that they, I think the world is pitched as you got that white picket friends and you're, you know, friends with your neighbor and, and um, you know, everyone's a, an active member of the community and not everyone can could participate in that way. Um, yeah. And I definitely think that those, the kind of old fashioned uh, expectations mm-hmm. of, of people in communities still kind of holds up for some reason. Even though I think, extra yeah ambiverts are more common than extroverts yeah that whole extrovert default it's almost like the society is pushing the idea that you must be an extrovert yeah to get ahead but that doesn't speak to the majority of of people because and and maybe that's why a lot of people lean towards uh, at least in, in in culture these days are leaning towards the introvert as sort of a um a protective mm-hmm. shell because they don't fit with the the extrovert default yeah definitely um and if you can't keep up with like for lack of a better word the hustle of life (laughs) like a lot of extroverts then you i think you definitely fall into introvert and then also i think mental health plays a huge role on on whether Mm -hmm. people are you know some people who are ambiverts but they're either an extrovert or an introvert like they they're not in the middle they're one thing at one point in their life and another thing at another end. Um, yeah. I don't even know what that would be called, but like that switch. <laughs> um, but there's that too. Oh, wait, wait, Phil, you have to ask. Did we learn anything? I learned a whole lot. <laughs> so did I. Just the idea that like coming to terms with the fact that, that the the ambivert outnumbers both the extrovert and the introvert. And I think for me, the idea that maybe people are identifying as introvert over extrovert because our society is more binary and assumes that you are one or the other. And so since they don't feel like they fit with the extrovert, they're sort of moving more towards feeling that they're an introvert Mm -hmm. when they could accept themselves as both. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that, 
we we definitely need more acceptance <laughs> for different Absolutely. people. The world is not binary. That's that's a good a good point. Jess, what did you learn? I think for me, it's good knowing that we have it's not it's not a binary. It is a spectrum. And it's good to know in the world that it's we're opening up the conversation more. There is mm-hmm. more conversation surrounding this because it is important. You know, one thing that we have mentioned a few times on the show is when we punish introverts by saying things like, oh, well, look who came down to talk. Look who's here to socialize. I don't want to hear that. And it's nice yeah. to know that me, I'm not, I am an introvert. That is how I identify. That is how my social patterns play out. But when I do choose to to talk to you, I do choose to hang out, I do take the time to want to get to know you. It's like that little piece of me, that little extroverted piece can come out comfortably and then go right back into that cave where it came from <laughs> whenever I so choose without judgment. And I think that's another reason why I, I do enjoy our podcast is because that conversation does make this more accessible. Mm. And I have also learned that it was lovely to have you, Carlin. Thank you so much. It's so fun to to like chat about this because it is so it's still yeah, it's definitely like new for me too of like being realizing that I'm as I as I suspected, definitely in the middle. <laughs> I'm-